Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Revolution Dove One Radio. I'm your host and commentator, uh, Nikki Stone. I'm a, uh, there goes my thing again. Sorry. I'm your local commentator. Um, I'm a high priest, the rabbi, Meha, and double banded minister. Um, welcome to the Sleepy Town of Arlington. Um, this is a Saturday night session. We'll have several sessions, but I'm going to post something that I listen to on a daily basis on my radio station. Um, he runs two hours long, so I'm going to give him a two-hour slot. It'll be split. Um, I want you to hear what this man has to say. I'm in season three, uh, episode seven or eight right now. I'm trying to get back in the swing after about three and a half months of being on a hiatus. I was in separation or sabbatical. Um, I did a lot of traveling, went places, just to spend time with father. Um, it is what it is. I am a Nazarite Jew, which is very rare in the Messianic faith. And I'm a high priest, um, also a prophet, um, very high level prophet. Um, but I haven't done much prophetic issue. I'm more posting about what's currently showing now and using Bible verses to teach you the opposite of what this person does. I've been talking a lot about the debacle with Biden, and I've got several articles for later on that my news session starting next week. I, I constantly get news in. Um, it will cycle down a little bit, and then we will begin our talks on the Chronicles of Yeshua and and the holidays coming in, which is very key for Christians to understand, to understand their Judeo-Christian roots. Um, I am part of the Hebrew Roots Movement, which the original leader passed away in 2006 there with a possibilistic movement by Kaduri. He was my mentor. Uh, most of my past, I've had many mentors in the military, which were rat, Masonic rabbis to uh, regular ministers of the faith. Um, I'm saved. Um, I've been saved since I was five. And I do have spiritual nuances. Um, sometimes the father will let me know when he wants something done. Oh. <laughs> right now, I've been going through a process of getting myself back in the sink. I've had 21 years that my spiritual gift has not been used. I'm actually in hiding because of certain things, but that's beside the point. I want you to hear what Bigley has to say. He's very well known, very educated, like me, and very smart. <laughs> um, the last few videos I've posted or, or podcasts have had our church in about a Spiritual laughter, spiritual renewal, spiritual revival, they're on fire. I go to what I feel is necessary to me. I do Friday and Saturday, I do my Shabbat, and then Sunday is where I spend it with my Christian brothers and sisters. So I get the best of both worlds. Sometimes it's a little hard. So I have four days a week I do church, and I only have three days a week that I'm home. So... It's it's hard, but I deal with it. 
I've not received anyone wanting me to attend a service or anything. Tomorrow I'll be going in the evening to the Perry Stone conference, so I want to hear what he has to say. It's going to be a little odd after 2,000 years seeing a high priest, but also seeing a Nazarite Jew. We don't see Nazarites very often, and there's very few of us. My, uh, my, my other attendant would be the Nazarene. They're very close to me. So, I'm, I'm in between two different worlds here. That's beside the point. Let's get this recording started so we can hear what Biggie has to say. school gymnasium's ready all the flowers and old legionnaires nobody showed up to protest just sniffled and stared there's red, white, and blue in the rafters. There's silent old men from the core. What did they say when they shipped you away to fight somebody's Hollywood? Nobody could forget you. You showed us what we had to lose. You never planned on the bombs in the sand or sleeping in your dress clothes. You never planned on the bombs in the sand or sleeping in your dresses. The kickoff was a paper that we wrote in 2017 in which we showed that sperm count side of the highway and scripture on grocery store signs. Maybe 18 was too early. Maybe 30 or 40 is too. Did you get your chance to make peace with the man? For he sent down his angels for you. 
Mamas and grandmamas love you Cause that's all they know how to do You never planned on the bombs and the sand Or sleeping in your dress blue your wife said this all would be funny when you came back home in a week you'd turn 22 and we'd celebrate you in a bar or a tent by the creek your baby would just about be here your very last tour would be up but you won't be back they're all dressing in black drinking sweet tea in styrofoam Mamas and grandmamas love you American boys hate to lose You never planned on the bombs in the sand Or sleeping in your dress blues now the high school gymnasium's ready All the flowers and old legionnaires Nobody showed up to protest just sniffle and stare There's red, white, and blue in the raptors Welcome everybody, welcome to the coming apocalypse tonight It's a very solemn night really to be quite honest with you um, 103 people killed in Afghanistan at the cabal um, uh, airport there we knew it was coming it was inevitable to come it didn't have to be this way but it is 13 brave american soldiers are dead 18 are wounded some of those critically we lost 12 marines and one navy hospital corpsman which my youngest son was in the navy and that's what he was a hospital corpsman i heard one marine say well we count Navy hospital corpsmen, they're Marines, because they're our battlefield doctors. It's a terrible day for the families who uh, of these brave young men who gave their life trying to save Americans, trying to get them out of this hell, which is called cabal in Afghanistan. On so many levels, 
so many things went wrong. And it didn't have to be this way. But why was it? Now, Mike's around the world is going to join us tonight. But right now, I'd like the late Dr. Chuck Misler to come and join us. Because I believe, and I said this a few days ago, that the red horseman of the apocalypse is galloping, that the Taliban is riding the red horse, and that all of the world jihadis are going to come together to help build an unholy alliance with communism and with the woke crowd of liberalism and form a global alliance, a new world order, a three-headed, ugly monster. And I asked Chuck Misler on October the 20th, 2015, while President Obama was still in office, where were we in Bible prophecy six years ago? Listen to this. Russians invading Syria. The Russians invade, and I'll use the word invading, but when they give the United States a one-hour notice to get your planes out of the air, I mean, Russia's, Russia's in Syria, let's face it. They're there, and I think they're there to stay. What do you think? I think so, too. I think that uh, Putin is showing, you know, from his point of view, real leadership. And we're obviously uh, really fumbling. We as Americans are just, uh, it's a mess. A mess. You know, uh, do you, do, when we look at Ezekiel 38, I mean, every, everybody in Jerusalem last week was talking Ezekiel 38. Rabbis were talking Ezekiel 38. I met with Rabbi Yehuda Glick, you know. Um, uh, yes, I know him well. Uh, yeah, and, uh, and I, I met with some other rabbis as well as some Messianic uh, rabbis. And both Orthodox rabbis and Messianic rabbis. All they wanted to talk about was Ezekiel 38, with Russia coming into Syria and with Russia and Iran both in Syria. I mean, it kind of looks like all the players are, are, are I'm not saying it's time for Gog and Magog, but what, what do you think this means? Can you give us a, give us an understanding of what's really happening here? Well, not really. Well, first of all, we shouldn't jump to conclusions. Russia is not Gog. Uh, many people get that a little confused, and that's understandable. But on the other hand, uh, uh, I think the I personally suspect that the the uh, Gog and Magog get in the future. Yes. Hang on, just a second. Okay. Can I? That's okay. They're trying to make my my voice is a little loud. You can you hear me all right? Yeah, we hear you loud and clear. You sound good. We're okay. I think we're all set. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so so yeah, I'm with you. This isn't time for Gog and Magog. But do you do you think? I don't think so. I personally uh, that the uh, uh, Psalm 83 thing yeah uh, occurs in, in advance of with the neighbors. The, the motivations of the two are very different. The motivations of Psalm 83 is to wipe Israel off the map, right. and perhaps uh, the attitude. Of the tension uh, is there, uh, but uh, the the uh, the uh, uh, Gog and Magog thing uh, is different. They're actually going after spoil, gold, silver, uh, cattle, and goods. 
are specifically listed. So it's attempted invasion that God intervenes with. So I don't see Ezekiel 38 happening, um, you know, in the next next few weeks kind of thing. But right. uh, I, get, I can understand them talking about it. You betcha. Uh, when you talk about the gold and the, and the silver, maybe in the oil, uh, recently, I mean, while I was there, they announced that they discovered this huge oil reserve in the Golan Heights. Now, that was just last Wednesday. They announced it while I was there. Yeah, that, yes, a huge. That's great news. That's great news. That gives that gives their adversaries. But uh, again, uh, uh, if they start going after it, that God Himself is going to intervene. Yes. Yeah, He will. Because wow. I mean, wow, are you serious? Now, that's October 20th, 2015. The late Dr. Chuck Misler saying, look, I don't believe that Ezekiel 38 is going to happen in the next few weeks, but certainly it's in the conversation. And first, got to watch for Psalms 83 and the desire to destroy Israel. And also he talked about the, you know, the gold, the silver, the oil the natural resources. Well, here's what's happened now. With Afghanistan falling into the hands of the Taliban, along with Al-Qaeda and other radical jihadists that are gonna form a coalition big time, Afghanistan has got oil, coal, gold, silver, lithium, and opium. Huge amounts of resources of which the Chinese and the Russians want. There's pipelines that run through Afghanistan. One pipeline is for China to get oil. Another one's for Russia to get oil. And they're going to pay royalties to the Taliban. That's how the Taliban's going to establish themselves. The Taliban will then, with billions of dollars, will start funding the global jihad against Jerusalem. And that's why I wrote the book, Jerusalem Jihad, in 2013. So... Misler, six years ago, Chuck Misler is saying, guys, it's coming and it's coming fast. It's not tomorrow. And I said, I don't think Russia is going to ever leave Syria. I think they're here to stay because that just did happen. That was when Putin told Obama, you got one hour to get your planes out of uh, Syria. Remember that? And he took over Syria in one hour. And I said to Chuck Misler, I don't think they'll ever leave. He said, I agree with you. Well, it's been six years. They're, they're entrenched in Syria and not just Syria, but they're in Iraq and they're in Iran and they're in Afghanistan and they're all over the Middle East. And so there's a coalition with the Chinese and all of these other groups who are ultimately going to do what it says in Psalms 83. Let's read it. Psalms 83, I forgot to tell Israel that. So they go, thank you, Israel. Keep not thou silence, O God, and hold not thy peace, and be not still, O God. For lo, thy enemies make a turmoil, and they that hate thee have lifted up the head. They've taken crafty counsel against thy people. They've consulted against thy hidden ones, and they have said, come, let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. For they've consulted together with one consent. They are confederate against thee. This is what Chuck Misler is talking about. He says they're going to intertwine with Ezekiel 38. Let's go there. I'll read that very quickly. Hang on one second. Ezekiel 
Get a cup of coffee. Everybody calm down. Mike from around the world is going to join us. This is apocalypse now. And there's no question. That's where we're at. Apocalypse now. I could have said Afghanistan now, but I'll say apocalypse now. And the word of the Lord came unto me saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tabal, and prophesy against him and say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog. Now, Gog is a principality, okay? The chief prince of Meshach and Tabal. And I will turn thee back and put hooks into thy jaws, and I will bring thee forth and all thy army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armor or, or weapons, even a great company with bucklers and shields, and all of them handling swords. Persia, that's Iran. Ethiopia, that it would include Sudan and South Sudan. They were all part of what, at that time, Ethiopia. Persia was actually Iran, Iraq, um, Afghanistan, and um, a, little, a little bit of Syria, not much. That was what would be known as Babylon. At one time, the Iranian, the Persian Empire was actually over the, the land of Babylon. But so we got Iran, Ethiopia, you got Libya with them, and all of them with shields and helmets. Gomer, which is a band that are in southern Russia, and the House of Tagarma, which is another band out of the north quarters, out of southern Turkey, and many people with thee. So be thou prepared and prepare, prepare for thyself, thou and all thy company that are assembled unto thee, and be thou a guard unto them. This is what Israel's doing right now. They're preparing. And guess who's in the White House tomorrow with President Joe Biden? Israel's Prime Minister, Naftali Bennett. He was actually in the White House today, sitting there, waiting on the president to come in and meet with him about the security issues of the region. But the president couldn't see him because the president, Joe Biden, was down in the situation room spending the next six hours with the Joint Chief of Staff, the Secretary of Defense, and the Secretary of State, monitoring the two explosions in Kabul that killed 90 Afghanistan civilians and wounded over 200 of them, and killing 12 of our bravest Marines and one Navy hospital corpsman, 13 the number of the Illuminati. We'll be right back. This song is dedicated to these young men who died today. I give you one more kiss 
was just a game we played when we were kids. I'm laying down my gun, hanging up my boots. I'm up here with God. We're both watching over you. Just some tribute certainly to the 13 U.S. servicemen that died today, 12 U.S. Marines, one U.S. Navy corpsman killed in Afghanistan, 18 others are wounded, 90 Afghanistan civilians are dead, over 200 of them are wounded, and the Taliban says it was ISIS-K that did it. But if you're buying that, we've got some swamp land down here in Florida that we could sell you real cheap. 
or maybe more expensive even if you buy that. And that's the situation we have. I'm not buying it. The Taliban controlled the perimeter and they had to have let these guys in. How did they get in with a, you know, how did this person get in with bombs to get right up next to the Marines? How'd they get there? Who led them in? Now, President Joe Biden uh, gave a speech and uh, did, do a, uh, did do a moment of silence for those that have lost their life today and said that, he, that he's responsible for everything. But, but he keeps saying, but then he said it was Trump. And this, uh, the agreement that Trump signed in uh, that was to, uh, with the Taliban back in February of 2020, but Trump's agreement was, was conditions-based. And it, even though it had a date of May 1st, that date was not edged in stone. It was all about being the conditions on the ground. And Trump's plan, and Biden knows this, was to first get all the Americans out, and then the Afghan translators, and then the Afghanis that, that, we, could, that we could get out. Then take all of our equipment and ship it to our other bases in the region. Then blow up the forts that we had built, then pull the troops out, then all that time with air cover ready in case the Taliban stuck their head up and then we could blow them back into the caves, then go away. That was the plan. That's not what happened. And so we're gonna let Mike from around the world help us understand why we're in apocalypse now, because that's what it looks like, apocalypse. It's happening right now before our eyes. And there's still thousands of Americans stranded in Afghanistan. And a hurricane coming our way again. It's Tropical Storm Ida. And Ida uh, storms, I storms are infamous for having the most names retired out of any other letter. Here we go again. Tropical Storm Ida formed this afternoon out of nowhere. Forecasters said it's becoming much more likely that parts of this central Gulf Coast would, meet, would need to prepare for a strike from a major hurricane uh, late Sunday or early Monday. Ida is the ninth storm of the 2021 Atlantic season, which meteorologists have been monitoring since early this week when it disorganized cluster of showers and thunderstorms strengthened quickly on Thursday after it was designated that it was a tropical depression number nine. Now, as the depression was gathering strength over the Caribbean Sea, south of Jamaica, uh, today, hurricane hunters from the United States Air Force were sent to investigate the growing storm. Though poor weather briefly caused the mission to be delayed, the tropical storm warnings were issued for the Cayman Islands as well as parts of Cuba. This evening, the tropical storm was moving to the northwest at a speed of 13 miles an hour and had maximum sustained winds of 40. It's 120 miles west of Jamaica, 115 miles southeast of the Cayman Islands, and the latest forecast for the AccuWeather meteorologist, and you can see the path it's taking there, it's going right toward New Orleans uh, and is expected to be a category three at this, this model right now, a cat three would hit New Orleans um, 
by early next week. The latest forecast says near, indicates the scenario in which the storm will continue to increase in strength, take a path in the central Gulf of Mexico, and is now more likely than had been discussed earlier in the week. The chances for Ida to make landfall in southern Mexico are dimming. No, no, no. And with greater focus now being put in the western central Gulf Coast of the United States, an area of high pressure near the Carolina coast. Look at that. You see that steering winds as it swings around? That's what's driving this storm right toward New Orleans. Uh, and that means Florida is going to escape this, and that means we're not going to have to take down the tent, the big tent here in, in the villages here in Florida. Matter of fact, this Sunday I'll be preaching at the villages. Come on, guys. Come on out to the big tent. This is where it's happening. Israel, you're ready. Uh, some praise and worship. You got the saxophone wound up. You don't have to wind up a saxophone. Uh, what do you call it? I mean, you can't crank up a saxophone. What, what do we say? Well, yeah, you can't warm it up because if it's cold, it's really sharp. Really? <laughs> yeah. I played it outside in marching band up in the Northwest, and you can't hardly keep it in tune. You got to blow hot air through it. I got a lot of hot air. Yeah, you do. You're full of a lot of hot air. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> the storm is projected, though, uh, to slice across the warm waters of the Gulf of Mexico with uh, where rapid intensification is possible. And a potential landfall Sunday night live or Monday morning early. So we're going to keep a close eye on all of this this weekend as this is developing uh, there in uh, – uh, with Ida, okay? It's the last thing we need is a, a hurricane. But this is the coming apocalypse. Well, the stock market's not doing very good either. The reaction to the, today's devastating news at the Cabal Airport, driving stocks down, and the president looking weaker and weaker on the world stage, seemingly as if he really doesn't know what needs to be done, which means who's the team around him? Where are the generals? Where are the general patents? Where are the Storm and Normans? Who is up there? Who is in Washington right now? And why did Pelosi go home uh, and half of Congress, matter of fact, most of Congress for a long weekend when Americans standing in sewage, waving passports and begging to get on a plane to leave the Taliban ruling Afghanistan. You say, well, Paul, this is all kind of bleak, but this will kind of all blow over. Biden's counting on it, all blowing over a new news cycle, hoping that after the 31st of August, everybody will forget about those Americans that are still there, stranded. They'll say, well, they didn't want to come. If they would have, they would have been there. These are the ones who didn't want to come. That's you know, They're already saying that. They're already making that the new narrative. We're going to get everybody out of there that wants to get out of there. you telling me anybody wants to stay? Insanity. Even if there's an American there and they have extended family that aren't allowed to go, that what few Americans like that are saying, we need to all go. Let us all out of here. It's um, really weird what's happening right now. Mike from around the world is going to join us in a few moments here. 
I, uh, I uh, sometimes just wonder when are we going to, when is it all going to straighten out, you know, and, and Jesus said though, but these things must come to pass. Go with me to Revelation for a moment. And I'm going to read uh, Revelation chapter nine, a uh, part of it. I want to read about the uh, Revelation chapter nine, verse 11. And they had a king over them, talking about the locusts that got let out of the bottomless pit, which is the angel of the bottomless pit whose name in the Hebrew tongue, Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue, hath his name Apollyon. And one woe is past, and behold, there comes two woes more hereafter. So when Revelation 9-11 happens, shift happens, that's just your first woe. And Jesus said in Matthew 24, these things must come to pass. The angel, the sixth angel sounds, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, loose the four angels, which are bound in the great river Euphrates, the Middle East. And the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour, and then for a day, once for a month, and one for a year, for to slay the third part of men, a third of the world, two billion people. And it comes from four different angels. And the first strike happens in one hour and kills a bunch. The next strike takes a full day, kills a lot more. The third angel strikes for 30 day period, killing many, many more. And the last angel wrecks the world for a year. What I'm saying is in Matthew, I mean, excuse me, in Revelation 9, 11, this is when the angel from the, the king of the bottomless pit, the king of which is the angel of the bottomless pit, when Abaddon is released, when the destroyer is released from the place of destruction, this is a paradigm shift. It's about to happen. It's Revelation 9-1-1. If you read on in the book of Revelation, you'll find out there's a great war that goes on. And, I, and part of this uh, killing of 2 billion peoples is what we call really World War III. And we're not talking Gog and Magog, and we're not talking uh, Armageddon. We're talking Revelation 9-11. And I had a lengthy discussion with Dr. Irvin Baxter about this. And he, he said, Revelation 9 is the war, what, what he believed was what's called, he called it World War III. And I agree with him. It is certainly a world war because a third of the world gets killed. But I said, but I also believe that it's a paradigm shift. I'm not worried about an alien invasion. I'm worried about an invasion from hell because that's the invasion that blinds the world. But the alien invasion is a strong delusion. We're looking for, what we're looking for is really demons while hell itself is being uncapped 
and the destroyer is arriving, coinciding with the red horseman of the apocalypse found in Revelation 6, and leading us to a new world order, order out of chaos, which is coming in Revelation 13. And you can see it. The technologies are catching up with the prophecies. The military capability catching up with the prophecy. The kingdom of darkness disclosing itself now. And men running for fear of the Taliban. We have all the greatest technology in the world, and yet we are running from them. My friend, the world, we're gonna we're going to get some of his feedback tonight. He's gonna join us here any moment. And that's why we call this show Apocalypse Now. Uh, I do want to ask him one question that Stephen Ben Denoon has been asking. Apparently, Stephen had a three-hour conversation with some of his sources. We can't disclose those. But uh, apparently, what these so sources are telling Stephen, now I have not talked to uh, his sources, so I don't know, but that there is a asteroid that is coming that's going to bring devastation or what they call a cataclysmic loss of life in the month of November and December of this year. Now, I'm going to ask Mike from the world, is there anything like that that haven't been, we, have, we can't see it anywhere on the charts? I'm not saying that there's a huge asteroid going to hit the earth because I don't think there is, but is there a, is this the storm, the meteor storm that Mike's been talking about? Or could it be that Stephen Bendenun's uh, sources are off? Okay, um, it's just a question. We're going to be asked. We're going. We are going to ask Mike about that. But we certainly are going to ask him about uh, what's happening, how this happened, and where do we go from here uh, in Afghanistan? Apocalypse now, and uh, Mike will be calling any moment. So everybody, get a cup of coffee, calm down. Any moment now. And matter of fact, hang on one second. Matter of fact, joining us from somewhere around the globe, it's Mike from around the world. Mike, are you there? God bless you, Pastor. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing good. Give me a little more volume there, uh, Israel. Let's see. Maybe that's better. That's much better. Okay. Okay. And is the volume between my voice and Mike's voice pretty close to uh, even? Mike, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got you. Now, Mike, I made a, last week. I apologize. There's a little delay between me and you, as we're running your your this phone call through a system that makes you sound so much better. So I'm going to be careful not to step on you. You know what I mean by that. And anyway, okay, you're okay. I'm going to try not to interrupt you as much because you we need some answers or at least some direction of what's happening. I named this show Apocalypse Now because that's what it feels like today. And uh, Afghanistan, I could have called it just Afghanistan now. Uh, you know we've lost 13 of our bravest and 18 are injured and and uh, about 90 Afghanis also were killed and the Taliban looks to be 
running the show here, but they're acu- everyone's accusing ISIS K. Can you tell us who is ISIS K? A long, a long time ago, we discussed ISIS coming back under several different banners. It's the same group. It's the, it's the exact same group. These are loyalists of ISIS that disbanded during the time of Trump, and they have come back with Al Qaeda, with the Taliban, with some of the other uh, individuals in the Middle East that operate. But that you have to mention this name under this Iranian cause. This is an Iranian cause. What? And um, we're just going to find, you know, everything changed uh, the other day. And I believe that uh, is such a debacle over there that it's very difficult for people to get a handle on what to do about it. Because you have to ask yourself, I know they're waiting until they get certain personnel out of that country before they drop Thor's hammer. But... Pastor Paul, I'll tell you, there's a there's a danger in the Middle East right now. It's a big danger. It's a big unknown uh, card there because we don't quite have Pakistan's loyalty, and they're going to have to call for that. They've got some emergency meetings being set up because they need to discuss some things with um, Pakistan and India, just in case they have to do the unthinkable. When you say the unthinkable, you're saying we be in the United States. Uh, or Pakistan doing the unthinkable? Well, this is going to be an allied issue. It's going to be, we're talking about the U.S., right, having to really um, obliterate what's happening over there. That There's no way out of this. They already know how al-Qaeda and the uh, Taliban operate. Pakistan is, uh, they're vulnerable. Because what happens if their army, right, is challenged? by this brand new army mixed with Iranian equipment and Russian equipment. We, we have a big problem over there. It's not just um, it, it's not just Afghanistan. You're talking about people from uh, several different regions who have <clears throat> mass in one central area by way of optics who would operate out of they're going to they're going to operate out of several different lands. For example, if the Taliban and Al Qaeda spearheaded some sort of assault, right? You're going to have people from Turkey who would join them. You're going to have people from Iran who would join them. You're going to have people uh, from um, uh, China, China's Chinese troops who are in support of Iranian interests. You're going to have them support them. So it'll be like, you know, equipment flying up in the air and then meeting in one spot. So you can't centralize this to Afghanistan. But that might have to be the demonstration point, uh, a, a strong demonstration from the U.S. to in an attempt to deter this, but I, I fear to say that's not that I'm afraid, but um, it's just bad to say that this is a faith-based war. It has moved right into a faith-based war, right? You yeah. can't fight faith with bullets. We stayed over there all that time, Pastor Paul, and we knew it if there were communications going back and forward. They were just waiting for the U.S. to leave. Yeah. Right. They were waiting. These guys were going to do this anyway. And the longer here's what was found out. <clears throat> the longer we stayed over there, the, the more time they would have to coordinate their troops and forces. They were coordinating underground, so to speak. Right. They were underground. They were amassing forces. They were amassing everything. Uh, the intel was there and everything else. And so it, it was almost one of those, you know, you're 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 just it's going to happen if we're still there. It's going to happen if we're not there. So right. when you say they were amassing forces, you know, 
there was 300,000 Afghanistan forces that we trained over the last 20 years. And they quit as soon as the Taliban come running. Now, would you say maybe 100,000 of them will wind up working for the Taliban? They can fly the helicopters that we left. And the, the Russians have left 100 helicopters too, those MI-17s. Matter of fact, they were flying one of them around, Taliban was yesterday. Uh, we left about, you know, some, some Black Hawk helicopters, some planes. They got some guys that can fly these things. They know how to launch rockets that we left and rocket launchers and rockets. And they got 750,000 rifles and millions of rounds of ammunition. And it goes and, and uh, 16,000 night vision goggles and, and uh, 15,000 trucks. They can drive around on Humvees. They have an army's worth of stuff. And now they just grab soldiers that the U.S. has trained. I mean, I'm not saying Taliban alone, but they're, they're going to be able to pull together and a lot of money flowing in from the oil, from the China oil pipeline and the Russian oil pipeline. And then there's the lithium. I mean, do you actually see, as you said, the? so you're saying the United States may have to do the unthinkable as a demonstration to strike fear in the rest of the region. Are you talking about drop the bomb? Well, we may have to do the unthinkable, and it uh, is not going to be small, that's for sure. We, we just, not, not quite about, now remember, we don't want to tear up that territory in certain regions, right? It's rich in minerals. Right. So the entire world needs those minerals. And that's why you have the entire world coming down trying to say, hey, we want our stake in, in this part and that part. So allied forces are getting together. They're trying, because if we destroy that lithium deposit, uh, that's, that's almost like slitting your own throat. Yeah. We, we can't do that. We need that lithium. Um, but a big demonstration, yes. It'll be like Thor's hammer. Some some descriptions of uh, Thor's hammer. I wouldn't be surprised if they, if the op was called Thor's hammer. But they're going to have to do something of magnitude here to deter, to really deter. And you know what that means? That means they're going to have to pull some of the um, weaponry out of the um, um, out of the uh, garage. That, that means you're going to unmothball some weapons that nobody knows about. It's kind of like the SR-71 Blackbird when it came out. Uh, everybody thought it was a UFO. They swarped down it was aliens. No, it wasn't aliens. It was us. And then when you had the um, the uh, those stealth bomber oh, classifications yeah. came out, well, yep. there are three more crafts that nobody has ever seen before. There are three more that, that are in the arsenal of both the Air Force, uh, Navy, and Army. And so if they pull those things out where they are actually seen, uh, my goodness, that, that's enough to strike fear in anybody. Um, because we're not talking about conventional weaponry here. We're talking about things that will, um, the things that um, everybody, everybody in the public sector says, oh, that can't be achieved. Wrong. Yes, it can. And, and in fact, you're going to see that. You're going to see more and more weapons. That's why they're not worried about some of the Blackhawks that were left over there, Pastor Paul. Because yeah. to be honest with you, Afghanistan right now poses no threat. They pose no threat to uh, some of the operations we have ongoing. Here's the issue, though. You cannot show your enemy your hand. You can't do that because you still have China. You still have Russia. You still have Iran who's looking. And if they see what we have, right, they're going to they're going to be motivated to go in that direction, we can't afford that. So in order to keep the upper hand, you have to play uh, dumb sometime. You, you have to act like you have a a, a, um, a tractor and a mule, right? That's what we're doing. Well, so, let me ask you a question. Now, the president gave a speech this afternoon. He, he, he you know, um, 
a moment of silence for the loss of these young men, uh, the brave men that we have out there. And, man, these these guys, I really tell you, right now, they're in hell on earth right now. And uh, But they're doing – and they could do so much more if their hands weren't tied behind their back. But the plan was so flawed from the beginning. Let's face it. Uh, and Biden seems to be – Acting like, look, it doesn't matter what anybody says. August 31st is it. I'm done with this thing. If anybody's left behind, man, they probably should have got out of there. Maybe they didn't want, you know, you already hear that narrative that, well, we're going to get everybody out that wants to get out. So that means they're leaving some people back. There's no doubt about it. Um, what do we do now? I mean, do you know tomorrow, Naftali Bennett, the new prime minister of Israel, is in the White House. He was there today, and he couldn't get to meet with the president due to the uh, situations developing. So tomorrow he's there. They're going to be talking about this region. But, Mike, how does this thing end? How do we get through these next few days if we're not going to change the date? And we're not going to— doesn't, It doesn't end. It does—here's here's essentially—I want you guys—I want everybody to think of what happened and what we're facing. This is very important because, listen, everything changed the other night. Everything's um, everything's in high gear right now. Everything's in high gear. They called for a withdrawal of troops, right? That's what they called for. The truth be told, they didn't withdraw that many troops, Pastor Paul. The truth, truth be told, um, they did not withdraw that many troops. But look at what the Taliban did. Just by them leaving certain bases, you have to take note of this. These guys were ready to pounce and ready to take advantage of some things, right? We drew back troops to specific areas, right? Yeah. We had we sent more strength over there a couple of days ago. So we have the backing. Here's the issue though. You have half that community in Afghanistan who said they were loyal, were not loyal. This right. is a big problem. You have some of these folks over here now who were not loyal and they don't know who they are. We don't know who they are, right? No. It had to end at some time. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be when, when, when it was proposed a long time ago to do this, and they started setting up talks with the Taliban, they were lying through their teeth the entire time. They were lying the entire time. And um, it was a debacle because they kind of fooled everybody. On all sides, they fooled everybody. They were good at fooling people. Now, now that they've shown their hand, they forced their hand to see what they were going to do, right? And you have to get this get this picture now. Biden is Biden, but this was a this was the general's decision. This was of the Joint Chiefs who made this decision to call this bluff. This is a this is a bluff call. People died though, so this poses a public problem. And you, you this guy, the Biden, right? Although. I gave my story about him last week and I meant it, but um, Biden is somewhat ruthless when it comes to certain military things. He, this guy, he's ruthless and that can cause us more problems than we think. And here's what I mean by that. You got a, you got a guy sitting in the White House whose son, right, was, was a casualty of war, right? Right. He's going to be emotional behind what's happening. He could go overboard. He could do a little too much. He could authorize a little too much, not being level-headed. And then we have a real problem. Most of the problems with Democrats is that they don't do anything. They, they talk about issues and problems, and they wait till somebody else moves before they do anything. Unfortunately, Biden is uh, President Biden is, he, he's, he's been emotionally touched by a catastrophe in his own life. And so he becomes, 
he can become go to zero to 100 in a minute. They, they don't really show that part of him because he looks like he has Alzheimer's a little bit, you know, as what yeah. it looks like is a sickness yeah. involved there. It really is a sickness right. there. So, but that that's just not, it's just not a good situation. Um, with which all those people out there, they're trying to do the best they can before they drop the hammer. They're going to have to drop the hammer. Somebody's going to drop the hammer in the Middle East. Israel is going to be drawn out because, you know, Iran is already starting to strategically take advantage of Israel's positioning. And, and they're in Lebanon and all these other places. Turkey is starting to do Turkey is starting to talk with Russia again and Iran. Right. So you're looking at an entire shift in the Middle East. I mean, an entire shift, a breakdown of current alliances, and it could easily realign into something else. Now, we're not talking about months. No, we're talking about days. We're talking about operations beginning in days. Do That's you, do you uh, uh, Mike, do you believe that tomorrow's meeting with Bennett and Biden is going to be about this entire region and because israel is the prize i mean let's face it it has to be it's got to be it's got to be and how do you um, see that playing out i mean you know forget about the two-state solution that biden wants and bennett saying never this is bigger than that discussion this is about survival isn't it yeah democrats are are by nature politicians all right they're gonna they're gonna negotiate uh, there's no negotiation in this. This takes a tactician's mind, right? So it's going to take certain individuals to come to the forefront to actually launch a plan. Uh, Neftali Bennett is has a tactical mind. He's, he's, he's quite swift on his feet when it comes to making certain decisions. Right. And um, he's he's going to watch. He's going to watch the field. Right. He didn't want to get on the wrong side of Biden yet. He's not going to do that. But I can tell you this. He can talk to Biden about. Christmas trees, go back to Israel and pre-launch is what he'll do. Yeah. This guy's not playing. No. This guy's already, he's already had some operations that just blew some um, some of the plans of, of Al-Qaeda and Taliban away. It just blew them away before they even knew what hit them. So we have this guy, um, you know, this guy's activating in the Middle East. And all of this is, I, I know that the Taliban situation, Afghanistan situation is one thing, but the alliances that are forming is a bigger story. And and, and that's Can you help you know, everything us? is going to lead to these bigger alliances. Can you help us understand the alliances? Who watch is who comes to Al-Qaeda's aid. Watch who comes to the to Taliban's aid. Watch what watch how you guys, you Christians out there are not going to believe how the world responds. If somebody attacks the Taliban, do you not know that right now, based upon how people think, they're going to draw sympathy from the world. Anybody who strikes at the Taliban over, overwhelmingly, right? You remember when Israel hit Hamas. Do you remember what the world said? Yeah, they turned That's on Israel. Force. They turned That's on Israel. Force. There you go. If we hit the Taliban, Al-Qaeda, and ISIS with that same thing, because in truth, all they're doing is exercising their faith by killing people. That's what the world sees, unfortunately. No! Right? So... If we use too much force, the world's going to turn on us. They're going to lock our hands up at the UN and everything else, and then we're going to be we're going to have some real problems. Then. And so with the Middle East, so uh, Neftali Bennett also has to discuss this problem. They know it's coming. It's coming down the pike. It's almost an emergency because they know this thing is forming. You know that situation is forming, and uh, there's there's no there is no way out of this situation. There's a way through it, but not out of it. Right? Are we looking at are we then, Mike, looking at biblical prophecy now? When I say apocalypse now, revelation now, 
revealing now, playing off the words of that movie. But in reality, there's alliances forming big time. And you're right. If we smack the Taliban. Well, Thor's hammer, but they're going to have to do something of magnitude here to deter, to really deter. And you know what that means? That means they're going to have to pull some of the um, weaponry out of the um, um, out of the uh, garage. That, that means they're going to unmothball some weapons that nobody knows about. It's kind of like the SR-71 Blackbird when it came out. Uh, everybody thought it was a UFO. They swore down it was aliens. No, it wasn't aliens. It was us. And then when you had the um, the uh, those stealth bomber oh, classifications yeah. came out, well, yep. there are three more crafts that nobody has ever seen before. There are three more that, that are in the arsenal of both the Air Force, uh, Navy, and Army. And so if they pull those things out where they are actually seen, uh, my goodness, that, that's enough to strike fear in anybody um, because we're not talking about conventional weaponry here. We're talking about things that will, um, the things that um, everybody, everybody in the public sector says, oh, that can't be achieved. Wrong. Yes, it can. And, and in fact, you're going to see that. You're going to see more and more weapons. That's why they're not worried about some of the Blackhawks that were left over there, Pastor Paul. Because yeah. to be honest with you, Afghanistan right now poses no threat. They pose no threat to uh, some of the operations we have ongoing. Here's the issue, though. You cannot show your enemy your hand. You can't do that because you still have China. You still have Russia. You still have Iran who's looking. And if they see what we have, right, they're going to they're going to be motivated to go in that direction, we can't afford that. So in order to keep the upper hand, you have to play uh, dumb sometime. You, you have to act like you have a a, a, um, a tractor and a mule, right? That's what we're doing. Well, so, let me ask you a question. Now, the president gave a speech this afternoon. He, he, he you know, uh, the moment of silence for the loss of these young men, uh, the brave men that we have out there. And man, these, these guys, I really tell you right now, they're in hell on earth right now and uh, but they're doing and they could do so much more if their hands weren't tied behind their back but the plan was so flawed from the beginning let's face it uh and biden seems to be acting like look it doesn't matter what anybody says august 31st is it i'm done with this thing if anybody's left behind man they probably should have got out of there maybe they didn't want you know they're, you already hear that narrative that, well, we're going to get everybody out that wants to get out. So that means they're leaving some people back. There's no doubt about it. Um, what do we do now? I mean, do you know tomorrow, Naftali Bennett, the new prime minister of Israel, is in the White House. He was there today, and he couldn't get to meet with the president due to the uh, situations developing. So tomorrow he's there. They're going to be talking about this region. But, Mike, how does this thing end? How do we get through these next few days, if we're not going to change the date and we're not going to. It doesn't, it doesn't end. It does. Listen, here's, here's essentially, I want you guys, I want everybody to think of what happened and what we're facing. This is very important because listen, everything changed the other night. Everything's, um, everything's in high gear right now. Everything's in high gear. They called for overdrawal of troops, right? That's what they call for. The truth be told. They didn't withdraw that many troops, Pastor Paul. Truth be told, um, they did not withdraw that many troops. But look at what the Taliban did. Just by them leaving certain bases, you have to take note of this. These guys were ready to pounce and ready to take advantage of some things, right? We drew back troops to specific areas, right? Yeah. We, had, we sent more strength over there a couple of days ago. 
So we have the backing. Here's the issue, though. You have half that community in Afghanistan who said they were loyal were not loyal. This right. is a big problem. You have some of these folks over here now who were not loyal, and they don't know who they are. We don't know who they are, right? No. It had to end at some time. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be when, when, when it was proposed a long time ago to do this and they started setting up talks with the Taliban, they were lying through their teeth the entire time. They were lying the entire time. And um, it was a debacle because they kind of fooled everybody on all sides. They fooled everybody. They were good at fooling people. Now, now that they've shown their hand, they forced their hand to see what they were going to do. Right. And you have to get this get this picture now. Biden is Biden, but this was a this was the general's decision. This was of the Joint Chiefs who made this decision to call this bluff. This is a this is a bluff call. People died though, so this poses a public problem. And you, you, this guy, the Biden, right? Although I gave my story about him last week, and I meant it, but. Um, Biden is somewhat ruthless when it comes to certain military things. He, this guy, he's, he's ruthless, and that can cause us more problems than we think. And here's what I mean by that: you got a, you got a guy sitting in the White House whose son, right, was was a casualty of war, right? Right. He's going to be emotional behind what's happening. He could go overboard. He could do a little too much. He could authorize a little too much, not being level-headed. And then we have a real problem. Most of the problems with Democrats is that they don't do anything. They, they talk about issues and problems, and they wait till somebody else moves before they do anything. Unfortunately, Biden is uh, President Biden. Is, he, he's, he's been emotionally touched by a catastrophe in his own life. And so he becomes... He can become go to zero to 100 in a minute. They, they don't really show that part of him because he looks like he has Alzheimer's a little bit. You know, that's what yeah. it looks like. There's a sickness yeah. involved there. It really is a sickness right. there. So, but that, that's just not, it's just not a good situation. Um, with which all those people out there, they're trying to do the best they can before they drop the hammer. They're going to have to drop the hammer. Somebody's going to drop the hammer in the Middle East. Israel is going to be drawn out. Because, you know, Iran is already starting to strategically take advantage of Israel's positioning. And, and they're in Lebanon and all these other places. Turkey is starting to do Turkey is starting to talk with Russia again and Iran. Right. So you're looking at an entire shift in the Middle East. I mean, an entire shift, a breakdown of current alliances. And it could easily realign into something else. Now, we're not talking about months. No, we're talking about days. We're talking about operations beginning in days. Do That's you, what we're do talking you, about. Uh, uh, Mike, do you believe that tomorrow's meeting with Bennett and Biden is going to be about this entire region? And Because Israel is the prize. I mean, let's face it. It has to be. It's got to be. It's got to be. And how do you um, see that playing out? I mean, you know, forget about the two-state solution that Biden wants and Bennett saying never. This is bigger than that discussion. This is about survival, isn't it? Yeah, Democrats are, are by nature politicians. All right, they're gonna they're gonna negotiate. Uh, there's no negotiation in this. This takes a tactician's mind, right? So it's gonna take certain individuals to come to the forefront to actually launch a plan. Uh, Neftali Bennett is has a tactical mind. He's 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 quite swift on his feet when it comes to making certain decisions. Right, and. Um, 
he's he's going to watch he's going to watch the field right he didn't want to get on the wrong side of biden yet he's not going to do that but i can tell you this he can talk to biden about christmas trees go back to israel and pre-launch is what he'll do yeah this guy's not playing no. this guy's already he's already had some operations that just blew some um, some of the plans of, of al-qaeda and taliban away he just blew them away before they even knew what hit them so we have this guy um you know this guy's activating in the middle east and all of this is I know that the Taliban situation, Afghanistan situation is one thing, but the alliances that are forming is a bigger story. And and, and that's can you help you know, us? everything is gonna to lead to these bigger alliances. Can you help us understand the alliances? Who watch who comes to Al Qaeda's aid, watch who comes to the to Taliban's aid. Watch what watch how you guys, you Christians out there are not gonna believe how the world responds. If somebody attacks the Taliban, do you not know that right now, based upon how people think? They're going to draw sympathy from the world. Anybody who strikes at the Taliban over, overwhelmingly, right? You remember when Israel hit Hamas. Do you remember what the world said? Yeah, they turned That's on Israel. Force. They turned That's on Israel. Force. There you go. If we hit the Taliban, Al-Qaeda, and ISIS with that same thing, because in truth, all they're doing is exercising their faith by killing people. That's what the world sees, unfortunately. No! Right? So... If we use too much force, the world's going to turn on us. They're going to lock our hands up at the UN and everything else, and then we're going to be we're going to have some real problems. Then. And so with the Middle East, so uh, Neftali Bennett also has to discuss this problem. They know it's coming. It's coming down the pike. It's almost an emergency because they know this thing is forming. You know that situation is forming, and uh, there's there's no there is no way out of this situation. There's a way through it, but not out of it. Right? Are we looking that, that at are we then, Mike, looking at biblical prophecy now? When I say apocalypse now, revelation now, revealing now, playing off the words of that movie. But in reality, there's alliances forming big time. And you're right. If we smack the Taliban for what they've just done, um, we'll get condemned by the United Nations. I haven't heard a peep out of the United Nations during this whole situation. There's thousands of Americans being stranded and held hostage, thousands of Europeans, yep. and not one word out of the United Nations. But you're no. right, but if we hit them hard, if we drop Thor's hammer, then all of a sudden we're the bad guys. So is that, now that you're talking about these alliances, are we, you know, I've been talking about Revelation 9-11, the releasing of Apollyon or Abaddon as a, as a, paradigm shift are we seeing some type of paradigm shift right now mike no oh, yeah i say we are you know what pastor i've always believed we're a lot further along than what we think we are it's just not apparent to us yet right mm -hmm. once we see once we have a blow ourselves then we'll say ah i see it right which means um here's i believe you have these unholy alliances forming in the middle east yes you have america Listen, we, we many years ago we talked and I kept asking the question, if Israel is trampled underfoot 42 months, what happened to America? Why didn't we get Israel out of the trouble? And I believed it was because we had our hands tied. Look at us now. Look at us now. Pastor. We got our hands tied right now. now. That's right. And and you have people, you have you have now here's a Christian in me popping out. You have people saying we need a good leader. No, we need to look to Christ. 
Yes. Some of the look, Pastor Paul, some of the Christians right now, the, the least of the Christians needs to stand up and say something. I'm telling you right now, we're poised. We're the smallest, the lowest faith Christian can stand up and make a difference in this world. Yes. The, the lowest faith Christian. But who's going to take See, we have to have some sort of a spiritual protest here because we just can't sit this one out. We can't call for a good leader. No, so we need to call for Christ. We need Christ for direction for our lives. He put us here to interrupt all this darkness in the first place. Now, prophecy is going to come to pass. Right. Right. But there's something else, I believe. When it comes to people are afraid. They're afraid. They're afraid of some somebody shooting missiles at America. They're afraid that, uh, you know, half of our forces being engaged in combat or something like that. You know, have Christians, Christians, you, you got to go back to your Bibles and realize something. The average person can die many ways. Christians cannot die many ways. A Christian, if a Christian dies, it will be by that Christian's faith. So it has to be a situation that will try their faith, which is our area of strength. You're not going to die like everybody else. And that's why God preserves these, you know, if, if uh, just short, I'm not going off the rails here, but I look at a lot of stats and these people who die in accidents, the people who die in tornadoes, the people who die in storms, you should see their family history and their history, right? The people who are saved in these storms are real Christians. The ones who die by, by, by stats, these are the ones who did not follow the Lord like you think they did. Just because a person says, I'm a Christian, and then they died, don't sit there and think, well, Christians died too wrong. Because in just about every single case, these folks who are really Christ-believing Christians, they do not die in those circumstances at all. They always have the miracle story. So we've got to, we've got to start realizing some things and realize, hey, is your relationship real with Christ? Because if it's not, you could be a statistic. If your relationship is real with Christ, you're not going to die like anybody else. In fact, you cannot die by man's hand any way he wants you to die. You're, you're going to, if you are to die, you're going to go the way your father in heaven said you're going to go which is by your faith this yeah. has to be a challenge to your faith I, I, i'm getting what you're saying you're not going to leave here until god is done with you if you're a follower of jesus christ and have the faith man doesn't take you out god is god's the one that says now your time is up now you can die in a lot of different ways but god is in control of your destiny not man unless you succumb to man okay unless you relinquish that authority and I think that's what I'm hearing you say, that we need to use our authority. Look, whether I live or whether I die, I belong to the Lord. Paul said to live is Christ, to die is gain. But I'm going to die because the Lord's calling me home, not because right. the devil's taking me out. No. And it calls you, he'll call us in an area of strength. Right. The right. devil's not taking me out. I'm no, leaving here. Cannot. The angels are carrying me away. Okay. One that's way right. or the other. Yeah. I like what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, it's the only reason I'm here. I should have been dead a long time ago, but yeah. the Lord said, no, I'm not finished with there you. There you go. Until the Lord is done, we're not going anywhere, no matter where you go. So people can't be, you know, this isn't the time to be frightened. Plus, Pastor Paul, you were talking about, before I went off the rails, you were talking about the uh, these things coming out the abyss. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I believe, okay, we've seen mankind, right, in their violence. We've yes. seen it. Yes. Right? We've seen mankind in war. We have not seen mankind possessed. We've not seen an army possessed by demons and then go to war. We've not seen that yet. No. So I believe that we're about to see that. I believe that there's a lot of, um, um, th there's a preparation taking place for a lot of people, right? And it must come, a falling away 
happens first, the Bible says, right? So, because Satan can't right. manifest where, where there's a lot of uh, spiritual believers, Satan can't manifest like that. So when this Antichrist figure comes forward, his armies, his citizens will come before him. They'll be waiting on him. But they can only come if, if iniquity spreads like it. And it can only spread when the falling away comes. Right. Yeah. So what that tells me is that this falling away yeah. is, is actually a bundling of the tares and, and Jesus putting his saints in the barn, just like he said he would. Sifting it he out. Would, so he's starting right. to sift them right. thoroughly. So that means, yeah, thoroughly. The, uh, uh, John, the, the, John the Baptist said his fan is in his hand. His pitchfork is in his hand and he will thoroughly purge his floor in the barn and the chaff will be driven away but the wheat will stay you're saying that is there a separation of the wheat and the tares going on right now who's the I men believe, who's the boys i believe that Pastor Paul. And, and specifically jesus said that the the tares are going to be bundled together they're going to start grouping together well guess what what well, i know most people read that and they're like oh that's so terrible here's what i believe when Jesus said at the same time, he's going to bundle together the tares, but put his children, his saints, the wheat in the barn. Pastor, if he puts the wheat in the barn, in his ark, in his safety, that means you're going to see people light up spiritually here on this earth. And that means your favorite word, revival. Thank that's you. what that means. I like it. I'm ready. All right. So that's, <laughs> I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. Matter of fact, guys, this is Mike around the world with us tonight. I know most of you know that. But I tell you what, he's bringing us some good information on the apocalypse now. Uh, is It feels like today, something happened today. Something happened uh, la in 2020 when we shut the churches down and we were told they weren't, uh, they weren't relevant. They weren't essential. Something happened. Something oh, yeah. happened when we started losing our personal rights. And now something's happened again. The great United States of America is back on its heels, and the gen and and literally, you have to understand, Mike. You're you're a military guy, and you know there's stuff in the closet that we can bring out. Because I remember being 14 or 15 years old, the in a, in, in Indiana, the first time three stealth fighter jets, bombers, three stealth bombers flew over our house. I was in the yard playing basketball. We had a basketball court. And I was out there shooting hoops. When all of a sudden, I didn't hear them out of nowhere. Here was these three huge birds, looked like three big bats, didn't make a sound. They were flying real low, and they were headed somewhere, and it went right over our house. And, I mean, my heart just jumped out of my chest. I didn't know what in the world this was. I, no one ever said anything. I ran the house. I told my mom. I said, hey, you won't believe it. She didn't. I said, but where are they? She looked out. They're gone. I said, and, you know, I know she thought it was nuts, but I'm serious. You, you know we got stuff like that put away, all kinds of things. Oh, yeah. Where the general yeah. public doesn't understand that, okay? So you can understand why everybody is uh, chewing their nails this 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 evening, wondering if, if Biden's not going to lead the way, uh, do we let him go and bring up Harris? What does that mean? You know, what do we do? Where's the generals? Everybody's wondering what's going on and, 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 and what's going to happen to the rest of these Americans. This feels like, a darkness uh, over over our, our nation, and so what what are you going to help us? Can you help us understand the next few days? What do you see happening between now and midnight Tuesday, August 
31st. Well, we're going to have more incursions, and uh, especially after this talk with Israel, right? Yeah. Um, that could really, listen, this talk with Israel could really spark a lot. It could really spark a lot. So people ought to get ready for that. Now, that doesn't mean everything's going to fall apart. We, we have, we have, um, uh, we have some things that we can employ, but one of the key factors right now is to get some major key figures out of the Middle East, right? Not just out of Afghanistan, out of the Middle East. Now, this is, this is what people have not picked up on. I'm going to help everybody with it. If they wanted people out of Afghanistan, they could just leave them in Kabul and take them somewhere else in the Middle East, right? That's not what they're doing. They're taking them out of country, period. They have to take people out of country. Why? Because this Taliban, this Taliban uprising is all over the Middle East, Pastor. It's not yeah. just in Afghanistan. You're right. It's all over the yeah. Middle East. They have made a strategic move is what they did. They made a strategic move. And so even right now, even at the, um, even in um, um, uh, Kuwait, Iraq, right? They have, they have already had challenges to authority from figures like Al-Qaeda and Taliban. They've already been talking their propagandas uh, in all sorts of places, all the way up to Turkey. And of course we know Turkey's mindset. Jordan also could easily flip from one side to the other. I can't trust Jordan. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Is it because do you don't trust the, the the Jordanian crown prince? He's he's not like his daddy, is he? He hates Israel. Well, it's the home of Islam. It is the brain of Islam, right? And when you're talking about, it's just like we can be at odds all day. If somebody came in this country and said there is no Jesus Christ, every single Christian who believes in Christ would rise up with one voice and say, yes, it is. Well, Jordan's much like that. They may have different um, um, deviants of their belief, but if something challenges their faith, they're going to band together. And Jordan can easily lead this. That That is the academic center of Islam. That's where all the records are, some of the some of the major people come right right from that area. Um, so I can't do that. They're going to be loyal to faith when something happens, right? In fact, with any group, right, anybody's going to be loyal to a group. If something happens, they're going to run back so they can be part of a whole to that group. If something happens, that's with anybody. Just like you're just like if if you were out there somewhere and your family was two miles away and something happened, you instantly, you would go back to your family. You wouldn't go the opposite direction, right? right? Because we find comfort, even if we're at great odds, we find comfort in the group we came from. And overseas, they're going to do the same thing. They're going to band together. That's why Pakistan said if something breaks out in the Middle East, um, they're, they're going to be loyal to Islam. They're is, going to be loyal to Islam. Is NATO dead? No. No. Is there, no, who's by the, no means. Okay, by no so means. who's the leader of NATO now? Who would you say? Uh, Pastor, that's still us. That's that's our generals, okay. right? For the moment, right? Yeah. That's us. But but I maintain this one statement that um, America and the Allied nations, who are Christian nations, are going to be corrected by the living God. Now God yeah. corrects, so we can go into action, right? But, see, the, people have to remember that if we get corrected. It's because God loves us, not because he hates us. Right. 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 If we get corrected, it's because he, if there are too many Christians here right now for God to destroy this place. But we have another element at play. And I hate to ruin the conventional talk, but we have one more element at play. Now, I can't say too much about it except to say this. The fire is coming. 
The fire is coming. Well, are, are you, are, okay, there's a lot of things that could be causing a fire, or you could be re making reference to a metaphorically. I would think that uh, I'm seeing uh, radical uh, extremists uh, like the Taliban and all the other groups forming a coalition together for the most part. Although the Shiites and Sunnis don't like each other, but still, I see that for the most part, these radical groups. And I see, uh, I see the communists. Uh, let's just say this. Uh, let's just call them communists. But basically, China, Russia, and Iran forming a pretty powerful coalition. And, I, and for some reason, I see part of the American political scene. I'm being careful how to say this because because uh, we're on YouTube live, but some of these guys and, and, and women and, and men that are in authority in Washington, they seem to be more on the communist side or even the, the, the jihadi side than they are the American side. So do we have an enemy within that's that's rising up simultaneously with all the rest of these that are out there? We always do. And, and a lot of people right now, they they have they don't remember history. They don't remember the cause. They don't remember the sacrifice. And because they don't remember that, they're trying to take this new direction, right? And, and some like visionaries and into a and looks just like socialism. To be honest with you, it looks like socialism um, because you have all these individuals who have forgotten what law enforcement is for. They have forgotten what various agencies of foreign things are for to keep the balance of things in this in, in this country. And we have some pretty wicked folks. We have more people in prison than anybody in the world. So they're letting out some folks. There's some deadly crimes that are not being reported and everything else. So we have a massive instability in this country. And it seems like they're trying to forge the mindset of people by not showing them everything on the news, but by having these propagandist speeches, right? Yeah. Which I don't agree with, but our country is changing. We do have an enemy within, and it is by way of a forgotten history, right? We have forgotten our history. All parts, good parts and bad parts are necessary so that we can see where we came from, that we don't walk down that same path again. That's, that's a very simple principle. But but I'll tell you this, Pastor Paul, I, I do know I have to, you know, of course, you know, because you do it too, but prophecy is my anchor. I do know that there are going to be some ugly times in the Middle East, but I also know about the recovery and, and that, that that's Michael, Micah, chapter four it is, right? Yeah. When the whole world, the entire world has to, they, they will bow their knee. They will learn things from Zion. Zion will forever rule from, yep. from Zion. This world will be ruled. That's right. So we have the victory anyway. Yep. No fear should be involved in our walk. We should be standing up, ready to commit ourselves to, to walk through anything in this world, anything that comes for the sake of Christ. Because I'll tell you something, Pastor, the fire is on the way. It's on the way. It's inescapable. Well, let's ask but a question about fire. I have a, uh, I was going to, uh, Stephen Benenun, um uh, contacted us. He uh, supposedly had a three-hour meeting with uh, his contacts in Washington that are telling him, and he wants this question asked to you. And I decided to, and I've had this for about uh, three weeks, and I'm just debating whether or not I wanted to bring it up. So I'm going to since you keep mentioning fire, even though you may be referring to fire in a whole different reason, way. But they're saying to him that either, not that we're going to get hit with a big asteroid, but that the, an asteroid event is what they're calling it, 
in the month of November or December could create, in their words, a catastrophic loss of life. And the reason I'm asking you is it's kind of weird, but Kamala Harris, while in Vietnam, made this random statement that no one still knows what she meant when she said, oh, and by the way, you guys might want to start doing your Christmas shopping early because of the things that are coming. Now, I don't know if that was a triggering, if that was a, a code for something else, uh, but do you have any information? I know you've talked to us about the uh, coming asteroid or meteor storm. Do you have any information? Relevant to what Stephen Ben-Nanoon is, is asking. Okay, th this winter, this winter coming up, um, could potentially be a, be a troublesome winter. It could potentially be a troublesome winter. Here's why. To see long range like that means you have optics way out there, right? Yes. To see something that small um, would mean you have incredible optics uh, to see it that far off. Yes. But to remember one already passed us, to have a record of that, um, to run those trajectories, Right, that they that the the uh, pathways they keep these objects keep when they go around us to go back out and come back. Mm -hmm. uh, we do have some objects headed back pretty close uh, during during. We have a lot coming back, not not just a few, but a lot coming back that were that already passed us a long, 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 long time ago. Are we talking and asteroids? They're coming back this direction. Asteroid comets. What? These are these are these are. Well, we have some asteroids coming. But the fear is this, they could fracture um, the asteroid belt. Okay, if, listen, if something hits the asteroid belt, right? And it, is a, it has enough power to dislodge uh, certain items in the asteroid belt, then it can overcome Jupiter's gravitational pull, slingshotting everything directly to us. Okay, what? they already identified what that debris is from, by the way. They know what that debris is from. Planet X? Uh, because it's from two objects. All that debris in the asteroid belts from two objects. Um, they already identified that. It, it's kind of like when they identify that Jupiter is not a gas giant, right? So, you know, things are slowly being uncovered, but it, it's still somewhat enigmatic out there. We do have a problem because we have a lot of inbounds around that time. So you're, you're playing a game of statistics. It is a, it's a good chance that we could have some sort of close call during that time frame this winter. Now, as far as November, December, I cannot tell you. I can tell you this winter based on some of the trajectories that some of these objects had a long time ago. They're coming back, they'll be back uh, starting in October all the way through next March. They're gonna be coming back this direction. And we're not talking, see, we had some close calls that they did not report. Right. They, remember, they, they had the, um, they had their infrared machine put up there just recently. They did not do that a long time ago. They let all these things come real close. They didn't report them. They let them fly back out, right? Nobody ever knew yeah, about them. They just come. They're on the way back, right? They're on the way back. So they're not uh, uh, now, is this JPL Java application. Uh, they're not going to be plotted that way. These things are dangerous. These are the ones where they say, well, we don't know what that was, right? They do. Trust me, they do. Anything that enters our radar net. They're going to see. They could see 
you know, if a gnat lost an eyeball, they, they know it if it's in space. We, we have incredible optics that are by lasers and lasers only. Uh, it's a different way to see. They can see everything. So they're just uh, not going to tell everything is, because is, that would be irresponsible. There are too many close calls and it will scare people to death if they found out that just about every week there's a call. There's a close call that we could die. And then it just, you know, we, it doesn't happen that way. And you also had to remember a lot of things come in this direction and they change. Now, this is where people this is where people get lost. This is where it sounds fantastic. But uh, Jimmy Crack Corn, you guys can finish the rest. We have had so many things come directly to the earth. And it would change 30 degrees and go back down. So God's in control. A lot of things come to the earth, Pastor. Every single week, something is coming to the earth. 30 degrees shift and it's gone. Is that God? What is that? Is that God? That's our protection. That's our father. See, a lot of people don't. Listen, it's not NASA because two of them caught NASA off guard where they ejected the ISS pilots and the other space station and got about 16 of those guys in escape pods just sitting there waiting. And it just changed direction changed direction now is all uh, of this we've had them it, changed 90 degrees we've had one that uh, i believe one changed 85 what was it uh no i'm sorry more than 85 degrees it was more like it was a uh, almost a 180 right almost right back out where it came from so what what in the world is that this, this happens every single week okay, this doesn't now, happen every month this doesn't happen every year this happens every single week now here's the funny part people can't see this but they're about to and that's going to scare people more than war can. Okay, what's really now, going to now, get now. people past the pulse when they see what's possible? Yeah, when they I see think what's that's not why supposed to exist. I, and all these wise people have to hush their mouths because they just saw something in great contradiction to what they've been speaking. Then they're going to start trying to. People will try to find a Christian and say, "What in the world is this? We have no defense from it. What is this?" They're going to look to us for answers, but the Bible already tells us that the word is going to be sparse. It's going to be very difficult to find. People will also try to get into the house of a Christian just so they can be among that Christian for protection. See, these are things that people just, you know, these are things people, I guess they don't read or something like that, Pastor Paul, but it's about to get bad. But now, Christians will be under supernatural let me protection. Ask you a question. And that will be recognized by the world after the season of scoffing. Let me because ask right you a now, question, Mike. Like let me ask you a question. Let me right ask after that season of scoffing, then they're going to see everything, but it will be too late for them. Let me ask you a question, and I agree with you a thousand percent. There is definitely a season of scoffing, and I think we're upon that right now. These these um, objects that are flying toward us, and it's not being reported, and they're not letting us know about it, but they keep hinting that, that we got problems. We, we got to nudge this. We got to nudge that. Is this because, and this this what sounds like a dark winter, uh, from October to let's say the end of March. Is this because of the binary systems, the 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 you know the Nibiru or Planet X type events? These two major objects coming that they're knocking things all over the place in the heavens, shaking the heavens. Uh, is this is this a bonus closer than we thought? Well, yeah, of course that is. Pastor, I, I have my you know point of view that uh, people are going to be. People are going to set themselves back pretty soon here. They're, they're going to have to recalculate everything, which, by the way, would be a good thing, because then those who believe will no longer have obstacles and hindrances to their belief. But I can tell you something is I, I can tell everybody there, there's sometimes you really want to see things just to have that additional level of proof. But, but this is, you know, there's some things that um, we've been blessed not to see. 
It's Do you think we're going to have a deep impact? Are we going to have a deep impact? Yes, Pastor Paul, we're a lot closer than what we think. Now, I also believe, Pastor Paul, that uh, th this first episode, people are going to survive, right? It's not going to be a total planet killer. That's not what it's going to be. Um, but yeah, but yeah, here's the, the question. Here's what, here's what Stephen, Stephen Bendenoon, this is what uh, apparently his contacts in Washington are saying. It's not the end of the world, but... Uh, it will bring about a cataclysmic loss of life. Is that going to happen in these next? Oh season? yeah, we're, we're you know what we're going to enter. I, I I'll tell you this: there's a winter that I was told about many years ago, a winter that hardly nobody will survive. And there's a winter coming. It it'll happen in the winter. Why in the winter months? I don't know, but there will be a winter that hardly anybody will survive. Now, the truth of this is, if we had one small rock, Pastor Paul, that destabilized a nuclear power plant, and you know how easy that is to happen, right? Yeah, We're Fukushima, Fukushima. Here's the real problem, though. There, there, a, a, a buzzword for asteroid, right, is, is has to do with terrorism. I, I just want you guys to know that so you understand that sometimes when we're talking about asteroids, it has nothing to do, it has nothing to do with an asteroid. It has everything to do with terrorism. We just got a bunch of people from overseas that we have not, we haven't vetted all these people that no. just came over here. These folks are not dummies. They've worked on nuclear power plants. They've been trained by the, the uh, military services and everybody else. And we have vulnerabilities in our infrastructure. Right. Yeah. Listen, I, I tell you this. We're going to have a problem with our nuclear reactors very soon. We're going to have a big Whoa! problem with our nuclear reactors very soon. Is so I just want to tell you guys, let you guys know that. Not that these people will do it. I'm just telling you we're going to have a problem with it because an uprising is happening. We can deny it all we want, Pastor Paul. But just as the Taliban waited for their opportune time to strike, so will those in the U.S., those 800 sleeper cells that were in the U.S. that countdowns, they're still over here. They haven't gone anywhere. These guys grow, they plan, they wait, they come out like bugs at the proper time. Here they come, and they will do the unthinkable when we're not thinking about it. So our infrastructure could be very well threatened, and we're not. We're talking nuclear power plants, power plants, uh, cyber cyber attacks that could shut down banking industry, uh, medical industry. Uh, satellite systems, military uh, components. There's a lot of things that could be sabotaged and we're not ready for. Uh, in some cases we might be, but in a lot of cases we're not. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah, and I think in this case, I'm, I'm, I'm just strongly inclined to believe that we're going to have a problem with the nuclear power plant. So there must be some kind of uh, uh, alert out there, some kind of intel and so we're going to keep our eyes open on that. And that's a concerning situation. And it doesn't have to be an asteroid to, to, to cause that. We saw what f happened at Fukushima, just an, a major earthquake and tsunami. And uh, we're still suffering from that. But it sounds like you're talking about man uh, sabotage and that we have enemies everywhere now crawling around, not just the United States, but in other parts of the world. Folks, Mike from around the world is with us tonight. And uh, yeah, this is apocalypse now, if you think about all the issues. But where is the, you know, the body of Christ? I think I'm hearing you say, Mike, that even as these things are coming upon us, it is, we're still the body of Christ. And I sense uh, a new world order because the Bible says it's coming. The Illuminati, with the, the all the factions, and it's really the Antichrist, okay? It's the Antichrist spirit. That's uh, it's the white horseman of the apocalypse. 
And now I think the Taliban might might be riding on the red horse and not just them by themselves, but it's like they're just setting all this free. Are you sensing that because what they're doing is releasing uh, all of the radical uh, groups to say, hey, now's the time to strike? Are we vulnerable here in America from Russia or China or somebody else? Does everybody looking at us being weak and think might be now's the time to push these guys over the edge? I think we're more vulnerable through arrogance. I really do. Amen. I think that uh, some, some very arrogant calls have been made and that we're not we're not diligent enough uh, in our you know safekeeping. So I think arrogance is going to be our correction. I really do believe that. But I'll have to say this, that uh, this is something what, what the Taliban did. If you look at what Al-Qaeda and the Taliban did, Pastor this is purely spiritual. This is spiritual. Yes. And I, and I have to point you back to this. They waited. They bided their time until, right, hey, hey, go figure that Biden. They, bit, they, 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 they biden their time. Anyway, they waited until the USA said, well, you know, we're going to let our strength down here a little bit and they came out. So I'm saying it's spiritual because something in it is Christ. It's our father in heaven and Christ is holding something back from our destruction. Right. Yes. He's holding back all those all those spirits in the darkness, just like the Taliban and Al Qaeda was held back by the force of American strength. But unlike America, who will say we're going to get our strength out of the Middle East, Jesus will never forsake us. Thank you. Never let that guard down from over us. If we stay within it for real, Amen. we have to be within the blood for real for that covering, right? Because we don't want to come outside of that covering without the covering. The same thing would happen to us. We would be overrun by our enemies. That's what happens without the blood of the lamb. And some people right now, I guarantee it. They know what it is to be partly overrun and they need protection today, right now. Amen. But if we ever come from out underneath the blood, it's going to be just like the Taliban. They're waiting. They're waiting for us to give up. They're waiting for us to get to a point of weakness where we don't want to do anything anymore. They're waiting for our weakness. Satan hits us when we're down. Yeah. He does not face us when we're up. He hits you when you're down. Yeah. And he will double team you and triple team you and everything else. Uh, it's a great point. Strength. The Lord is so our strength. Stay within the blood. Amen. The but Lord is our The world does not have this promise. And what we're going to see is a lot of those in the world be overtaken by not having this. They're not washed by the blood. They rejected the blood. They outright rejected the blood. Those people, you know, I feel sorry for them. I know a lot of people are, you, you can be angry during this time. A lot of things people are doing, but pastor, they have no idea what they're facing. They have no idea what they, if a demon is frightened of hell, why would a person not be frightened of hell? They have no idea what hell is, and they have no idea what heaven is. They have no idea what the blood is. And so they're uncovered, and no one, somebody, some, listen, God called some roughnecks too, right? Yeah. So some of the, some of the roughnecks, and they know what I'm talking about. They come from, they are just rough. They're rough people, but they're Christians. Right. They have a job too to go yeah. out there to the other rough ones who won't listen to anybody and reach them while there's still time because that clock of time is running out. Yeah. We don't have that much time. And for those who are under the blood, Please don't ever think about looking back like Lot's Thank wife. you. Just keep going forward in Christ. You're covered. If Satan could have killed you, he would have done so already. Amen. He tried to when you were born, when you were young. He did not succeed. He already failed. So stay underneath the blood and encourage others to do the same, certainly in this time, no matter what you see. 
I, I love that, Mike. I, I tell you what, and, and folks, the blood of Jesus is powerful. Mike, you know, it's, you know, the, our shield of faith can fight off all the fiery darts of the wicked. And we wear that helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, and our loins are girded with truth, and our feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And we have a weapon, and that's the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And Mike, you're right. Today brought several emotions out of people. One, fear. It really brought fear. Like, oh my, we are vulnerable. Number two, it brought anger. People got mad. And I think the spirit of the true patriot and the spirit of the our true American and the spirit of the church will rise up uh, because <laughs> of what they've seen. And number th three, it brought the spirit of suspicion. How in the world could we be watching this unfold in the greatest country in the world? Something is not right. Something stinks. There's These things have been playing out in front of us. But as Christians, I think you're leading us down the right path here that our faith is, can be in nothing less than Jesus's blood and his righteousness. And if, if you fear the devil, you have no business fearing the devil because the Lord said, behold, I give you power to tread over those serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. So Mike, as Christians and as Americans, we should stand up against this spirit of darkness and not succumb. Let's bring revival. What, what are your thoughts? That's right. Not to bend. Don't give, don't listen. And, and you know what? Again, the, this dark enemy that's out there, it is building. We know that these things released from the bottomless pit. They're going to be all over the place. But we know right now that many people are taken over. But there's still an opportunity for people to be saved, to find salvation while the clock is still going. Those who are covered by the blood of the Lamb, there's a promise over us. Over us. There's a promise over us. And Again, Satan has no power over us, but we've got to learn not to let him in our minds mentally. He's the one telling us, oh, don't go out there and try this. He's the one telling us, Jesus is not going to answer your prayer. He's the one telling us you're not going to be healed. Don't let anything in your mind that will speak against your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If I can say anything important, it will be that. Let nothing speak the opposite words of Christ Jesus. Let the Lord's words reign in your life, and you will be, you will have exactly what you say the bible says as a man thinketh, so is he right amen sometimes we think we're defeated don't we pastor yeah Paul? but yeah. if we can get out of that and begin to believe jesus again and walk with him again and not entertain satan's words of defeat anymore we're, we're going to be all right amen stop the stinking thinking folks that's right. all right mike thank you so much for joining us tonight it has been amazing again to hear your words of wisdom and and help us to understand and to prophetically prepare us for the things that are coming ahead. So thank you, brother, so much. Basketball, God bless you. It's always an honor. It's an honor, brother. Thank you so much. God bless. Mike around the world, folks. Uh, great, great information. He gave us some clues. There's a fire coming. There's a fire coming. What does he mean? He mentioned the 800 sleeper cells out there here in America. He just let that go. He didn't run away from this asteroid.